Thanks for listening to The Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to catch our new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. For more of The Issue and access to our top bets and fantasy updates, then subscribe to The Issue Miked Up. Link is on our website, which can be found in the bio of our Instagram, which is at the underscore issue podcast, and our Twitter, which is just at the issue podcast. New subscription episodes come out every Friday. Guys, thank you so much for listening to The Issue. You are now locked in and listening to The Issue. You look at this schedule. Find me the wins here. Find me the wins. You've got to be delusional if you think he's elite. Well, from what I'm seeing right now, he's a top 10 guy in this league, no doubt. Absolutely, I think they can be for a championship. I, I don't even think that's a, a debate I'm willing to, to have. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is Thursday, December 9th. It is another episode of The Issue. Luke and Tim, we are here. Thank you uh, for listening. Great to have you in on a Thursday. Yeah, it's a good Thursday. Started. Oh, finals week, man. All those college kids out there know exactly what we're talking about. Anyone who's even been through college, even high school, you know, just having five, you know, five, six big test projects in one week. Yeah. It's rough. High it's school, rough. not as much because you don't have it around this time of the year and you don't have it like twice a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like that's you true. do in college. Um, but nevertheless, still. Still difficult, still still a tough time of the year to get through, getting um, kind of the dog days of winter after, you know, Christmas. Like, we kind of have this build up to, to like, December 25th-ish, New Year's, and then after that, it's just kind of... Just nothing to look forward to until, what, maybe Easter? Val- like, Valentine's Day, Easter? Yeah, you know? well, whenever like, the weather starts to warm up up north, basically. You yeah, know? it's kind of just, it's brutal, it's, it gets dark at... Four o'clock, it seems like. There's nothing to really look forward to in the winter. But for now, uh, you know, late fall going into the winter, we have a very exciting lineup of NFL games coming up this week, this Sunday. We can't wait to predict those. That'll be on our Saturday show. Uh, But today, you will get our Thursday prediction. The Steelers play tonight. Steelers and Vikings. Um, In Minnesota. Yeah. Short week for both teams. Um, Give me some some interesting to keep your eye on. Because Pittsburgh not only was a short week, but it was a physical... You know, in division game. I know Minnesota had an in division game, but it was the Lions, mm-hmm. right? But it, you know, Pittsburgh Baltimore is just a different type of a rivalry than Minnesota Detroit. So is you know is Pittsburgh going to be coming out with that same fire after a really really big emotional you know division game? We'll see. Yeah, uh, we're going to start the show like we always do on our you know first show of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it may be. Now with our hits and misses, so let's go there. All right, so. Like normal, we'll start with a hit. Uh, let's go with the Steelers' defense. We said at the beginning of the year, I, I know I said it, I, you agreed. Um, the Steelers' defense is good enough to single-handedly win you probably four or five games. Let me go back. They've won the Buffalo game. They just won that Baltimore game. Um, they've kept you in a lot of other games. That little winning streak that went on, let's pull up their schedule so I can give you the exact number of games that that Steelers' defense has pretty much single-handedly won. So they, they won that Ravens game, 100%. 
they're probably the only reason we even tied the Lions, holding them to 16 points. Yeah. They beat the Bears. They held the Browns to 10 points. Um, you know, TJ Watt at the end winning with uh, in overtime against the Seahawks, getting that fumble genius. But, like, this defense is good enough to win numerous games for you. And I could argue that they've been the major part in every single win. Not just won the game for them, but been a very significant role in every win so far this year. I think they've single-handedly won about five games. And it's interesting because you look at the games where they lost, it, it's where the defense didn't play their best. Exactly. It's yeah. where when T.J. Justin Watt Herbert, was out. Yeah, when Justin Herbert carves you up, right? You know, that those are the games we've lost so far. Yeah. No, I'm um, with you. And, I mean, we'll get to it later in the show when we talk about the Steelers after the hits and misses segment. We'll get into, you know, that whole game, yeah. basically. But, no. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. How about a miss? Let's go San Francisco. Um, I was, this is a, a kind of a personal miss. I was really, really close to taking Seattle. I figured they were more desperate. They were at home. Um, you could even look at the sheet. I ended up scribbling it out. I didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah. I ended up scribbling it out to write San Fran. I had some faith in San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan always um, plays the Seahawks really, really tough. And they were kind of controlling most of that game. Um, and then they just lost it. In the second half, Seattle came out on fire. And, uh, kind of caught San Fran off guard. They just looked like they were playing a little flat-footed there in the second half. Had a chance to win it at the end. Didn't. Um, but I guess that's on me. I should have known. Like I said, I had Seattle. I crossed them out for some faith in San Francisco. That was clearly a mess. All right, let's go another hit. Let's go with our predictions. Our predictions from last week were really good. I went 10-4. and four. You went 9-5. and five. Yeah, whatever. Um, so we're, we're back to, I'm back to 6-6-1. Six, six and one. You are also 6-6-1. Six, six and one. You dropped to that, to that. We still need to come up with a punishment. Yeah, we haven't even thought of that. Maybe we'll think about that after this segment here. Yeah, we need, we need or a after punishment. This, uh, after the first, like after the first whole um, segment here. Do we, are we going to go punishment or are we going to go reward for winning? I don't know. I don't know. But, uh... Either way, we hit a lot of games. Like the only games we really missed on, like that Detroit game, um, like I said, San Francisco, we both missed on um, Baltimore. Like I figured, Baltimore's a much better team than Pittsburgh. But divisional game at home, Ben just tells the team that you know this might be his last year. They're they're playing for him, so I could have seen it coming. But yeah, so ten ten and four, nine and five. It's a good week for our predictions. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I was going to miss this. Is another personal miss for me. Uh, Oklahoma State. This is a hit for you. This is kind of like a uh, you know two for one special. Um, I miss. I thought Oklahoma State was a much better team than Baylor, um, and they were within an inch of winning the game. Um, the running back had another step to go upfield. Dove way too early at the pylon. Did you see that? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, it's like in baseball when you slide a little bit too early, don't quite make it all the way to the base, and then you got to kind of you know play happy feet there with the second baseman to get on. I, I thought he dove so early. He stayed way too lateral. He had one more step where he could have cut it upfield and then dove, which would have put him in by an arm's length. Um, instead, he falls short, did not touch the pylon. Oklahoma State loses the Big 12 championship game. Baylor wins. You called it. Um, Baylor's defense played terrific. Yeah. That quarterback from Oklahoma State is also god-awful. God-awful. People were starting to talk about him, you know, getting some real buzz to top quarterback. Oh, oh I, I, I don't think he would be a top-10 quarterback in the FCS. I mean, he was horrific. And, yeah, Baylor's defense played okay, but I don't think they played anywhere near what he would be seeing for example, if he was in the SEC, I don't think Baylor's defense is doing anything that any other SEC team wouldn't be doing on pretty much every Saturday, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think, if you're looking at the next level, that Baylor might have 
one to two NFL guys. Like like he played horrific. I would say two. Yeah. He played horrific, so I didn't expect that to happen. So uh, that's a miss on my part of Oklahoma State. Hit for you with Baylor there. Yeah, that felt good. All right, let's go with the hit. Let's go with Justin Herbert. We said this, oof, I mean, maybe three games into his season last year, right? So he started week two. I think by about week five or six, we were saying, oh, that's that's an all-pro in this league. Like, that's a guy who 12 years from now, is gonna, we're going to be looking to be like, oh, yeah, he's still one of the best quarterbacks. We've right? been very high on Justin Herbert since the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I was a big Oregon fan, too. I, pretty much since the Rose Bowl, I was looking at him thinking, he might be really, really good. I still thought coming out that two was going to be better than him, but then you actually dove in. You're like, I don't know why I would have thought that. Justin Herbert, 6'4", moves, rocket arm. Two is six foot, doesn't really move, average arm. Yeah, I don't know I don't know what I was thinking there, but I definitely hit on Herbert saying that I thought he was going to be a star. Four games into his career, we both knew. It was, it was pretty obvious. Yeah. All right, about one more miss here. Let's go with uh, Arizona. I said Arizona had some fool's gold. I didn't think they were going to run the football this effectively. They lose Kenyon Drake. I didn't really love the addition to James Conner, but he's been super productive. They have a good running game. Kyler Murray, even without Kyler Murray, they've been fine. They're 2-1 without him. He comes back this week, and they win by 11 points in the NFL. That's a good day. Arizona's a terrific football team. I expect them to be closer to 500. They're, what, 10-2 league best, uh, leading the uh, NFC, the number one seed. So, Arizona, kudos to them. They've uh, they put together a really nice season. They have, and a, um, a team that we didn't have all that high uh, in our predictions either. If you go back to look at you know our preseason predictions uh, with that division, we had the birds kind of low. No, we had um, them. We had them in the basement. Yeah, I said I think we had them at eight and nine at the bottom of that division. Yeah, um, I just figured everybody else in the division is so talented. Right, but I was watching even other some some other sports shows. I know Colin Coward mentioned it. Uh, you know, he had them in last as well in his preseason predictions. Yeah. Like th- this is kind of a team that I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but. I mean, some of the pieces they picked up in the offseason definitely had some question marks around them, and it was, you know, are they going to be able to step up and play or not? Yeah. I will say here's a little bonus hit. A lot of our divisions are doing really, really well. Um, And the teams that we kind of thought would be in the playoffs, maybe we didn't nail the divisions perfectly, but all the teams you kind of thought would be in the playoffs are kind of there, right? Like, you're looking looking in the NFC. Outside of Arizona, like, you're you're kind of expecting Rams to be there. They're there. The Packers, right? Um, Tampa, you're expecting them to be there. Dallas, you would, I mean, if you told me at the beginning of the year, Dallas is going to be in the playoffs, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Dallas can be in, they could be a playoff team. I expect them to be more wild card. But then you look, we expect Washington to be there. Washington's there. Um, Minnesota, we expect them to compete. They're in the hunt, right? We said San Francisco might be the best seven seed of all time if they get in. Look at them, they're in the seven seed, right? So, you know, all the teams that we kind of expected, you go over to the AFC, like we knew the Chargers were going to be really good in the wild card. They're there. KC's leading the division, right? You knew that uh, we, we we didn't know Cincinnati was going to be this good, but, um, you know, Cleveland was going to be kind of scrappy in there, and Tennessee and the Colts were going to be kind of neck and neck there, and they are without Derrick Henry. So, you know, we kind of hit on a lot. Yeah, um, I kind of have, you know, a, a pretty good idea about what we're going to do for the next round of predictions when that time comes again. Uh, and I think something else that we should maybe think about doing is throwing out a um, kind of like a playoff picture prediction, yeah. like yeah. R- before the season as well, to yeah. go along with those graphics, uh, with the divisional predictions. Because, I mean, we have been right on a lot of them. Yeah. You know, put that on writing, throw it up on there, the issue underscore, the underscore issue podcast yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Um, go check it out. You can see the fact that, you know, we, we've been right on a lot. So, uh, you know, we're pretty good. All right, let's get into the Steelers. Uh, that was a big win. That's a, that's a huge win for them. 
what, not prime time, but kind of prime time. It was the biggest game of the four o'clock window, so it's like a half prime time game. You yeah. Know? Um, a lot of eyes on the game. Ben played well. Defense played well. Lamar continues to struggle, um, especially against the Steelers and TJ Watt. That's I think the speed of our defense is what gets him. Right, he's able to out maneuver and just outrun teams. But I, I think with the way that TJ Watt and not not only TJ Watt, but we have some really athletic corners, really athletic. Even Cam Hayward had a pass breakup the other day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we have a lot of guys that can get out in coverage, keep Lamar contained. Like so, we have a quick defense, and I think that's what gives Lamar trouble. Um, TJ Watt's a, he's an X factor. Oh, he is a game changer on defense. That's something that you know we've talked about here on the show for a long time. Yeah, and uh, and and seeing a, a defensive player be able to you know change the course and change the tide of the game like he does is exceptional. Uh, his quarterback thought so. Here's Ben Roethlisberger after the win. I think TJ is like seriously one of the the best players I've ever played against. And I've played against some really good defensive guys. Um, and so, yeah, I, I know I joke about that, but but he truly is a special player. Uh, I'm I'm glad that I've never been sacked by him because um, you know, he's not allowed to get close to me. But he he is he is a game changer and a game wrecker. And you don't there. I've been a part of guys like that, Troy Polamalu, um, who can change a football game, and it doesn't happen on defense that often. To be a literal game changer on defense is something completely sp- special, and um, he should be recognized more than just a deep. I mean. I don't know who else is the defensive player of the year other than that guy. Um, I'm sure there's other candidates. I just don't know. But he should absolutely get MVP, MVP votes as well because that's what kind of a player he is. I agree. Um, you see him miss. He missed that Chargers game, right? Yeah. Yeah, 41 points. Um, you, you can't let Justin Herbert sit back there and throw. Um, if it wasn't for T.J. Watt, that two-point conversion gets converted. Like, he was in Lamar's face, causing Lamar to have to change his arm slot a little bit, doesn't get – I, the throw was okay. Like I'm not trying to throw it all Lamar. I think it was probably 50-50 Lamar and Mark Andrews. If you haven't seen the play, uh, it's kind of like a little play action. Lamar's going to look to the flat for his tight end, Mark Andrews. Probably a top five tight end, right? That's who you're going to there. Yeah. Um, Especially, yeah, on the on the two-yard line. Yeah, it's one of those where you're faking the run in, too. So you're probably going to leave a guy unblocked. On, ideally, you probably don't leave T.J. Watt unblocked, but that's what the play calls for, right? Goes out, goes to make the throw into the flat. T.J. Watts jumping up in the air like an acrobat, arms, legs, flailing to, to try to bat down the pass. And you have to remember, he's like 6'6 already, so he's, yeah, he's huge. making himself like 8 feet yeah, tall. Yeah, and have you seen his leaps? Like, he is in <clears> your face, right? And so Lamar has to change his arm slot. The ball is just outside the reach of Andrews. He gets to, like, one hand on it. Probably could have caught it, but it would have been a really, really tough catch, right? Without T.J. Watt being in the face of Lamar, <laughs> Andrews was wide open. There was nobody, nobody was going to get him. He only needed two yards. No one was going to tackle him. So without T.J. Watt, you're literally you're looking at a completely different game right now and a completely different season. If they're five, six, and one going into this next stretch, where they have Minnesota, who that's going to be a tough game, especially with Dalvin Cook returning, Kansas City, and then you have Cleveland and then Baltimore again. If you, that, that that was a must-win football game, and they did, yeah, because of T.J. Watt, three and a half sacks, and then that play. It was, and you have to remember in a competitive uh, AFC. You don't really have room to to lose many more games this season if you mm-hmm. are going to try to make a, a push for the playoffs at this point. I mean, yeah, the Steelers are still in the hunt. The chances, I don't think, you know, they don't look great. But, yes, because of that win, they now have a chance. Yeah. And you don't get that win unless you have a guy like T.J. Watt who was, I mean, all game getting pressure on Lamar. How many sacks did he have? Did he have two, I think? Three and a half. Three and a half? Yeah, three and a half sacks. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, just look at the Steelers. Let's see. 
And they're all they at had, big times, they too. They had seven total sacks. T.J. Watt had three and a half. Chris Wormley had two and a half. Cam Hayward added another one. That, that's, a, that's a good effort. Yeah. That's, a great, that's a great defensive effort. Holding Lamar to, what, 23 of 37, 253 yards, a touchdown on a pick, and 80 QBR. He only had 55 rush yards. Them as a team only had 107. The Ravens, one of the best running teams in the last three years across the entire uh, National Football League. Holding to 107. Lamar, you get a pick off Lamar, he's got an 80 QBR. That's a great game. Yeah. That's, a great, that's a really good game. And also, I want to talk about Deontay Johnson. Now, he's had some problems with drops. This year, he's completely corrected him. He's got, like, one drop all year. Mm-hmm. And it was in the end zone of that game, actually. Wide open in the end zone. Hit him right Okay, in so it. he had one game, one drop before that game. So now he's got two drops, which is that, – that's not crazy. But then he, rede- uh, he redeemed himself. He ended up catching another touchdown to win the football game, right? Yep. He's got more, more catches through his first three seasons than any other Steeler wide receiver in history. Can we go back and look at Steelers wide receivers here? We got Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, Heinz Ward, Antonio Brown. Santonio Holmes. Santonio Holmes. Who I don't know if he did he start his career with us? Doesn't matter. Santonio Holmes. Mike Wallace. How about Mike? People yeah. forget about Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace was a stud for us for a, uh, he used a, a period of time. Think when he got here. Yeah. Even Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, he was really good for us for a while. Mm. I, mean, I, I wouldn't expect him to go, you know, break records, but. That's kind of in the same light that Deontay Johnson's viewed in. Like, people think of him, oh, he's kind of like an Emmanuel Sanders, like a young Emmanuel Sanders when he came into the league. Well, he's sh- shattering that. He's shattering every, pretty much every young receiver. Oh, how about Juju? People were like, oh, Juju's a star, which I don't think he is. Good player. Definitely good player. Broke Juju's, like, first three-year record whatever. Deontay Johnson's a really good player. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, our, he's definitely our, our number one wide receiver right now. I know Claypool's probably more physically gifted, but He's more Deontay of a deep Johnson at number two. Deontay Johnson gets open more consistently. It, it's quite simple. He's shifty. He is open almost every play. Yeah. If you give him anything more than two and a half seconds, he's going to be open. Yeah. I think that's why he's wide out one right now. I think so too. Um, one of the other things I saw when I looked at this game was just you know a, a thought that came to me was wow the Steelers really you know know how to handle the Ravens. For yeah. the Ravens being as good as they have been over the past, you know, it's been about, I'd say five, six years now that the Ravens have been, you know, climbing. The Steelers have been able to handle them. And uh, it's kind of one of the things that slightly annoys me about this team, about this Steelers team. You'll go out and you'll tie, you'll tie with the Detroit Lions, the no-win Lions at the time. You're going to go tie the Lions. But then you're going to come back and you're going to beat the you're going to beat the Ravens in prime time. The Ravens, who are worlds better, they're probably better than the Steelers at almost every single position on the football field outside of the defensive line. Yeah, outside yeah outside of rushing the quarterback and maybe maybe right now running back because yeah. the Ravens are cluster injuries yet. Yeah, outside of those two spots, the Ravens have the advantage in everything. And then you look at a game where we play the Lions, where we have the advantage in everything. The Steelers. They did not surrender a category. Actually, I think Jared Goff is better than Ben Roethlisberger. There is the only the yeah. place where the Lions kind of get the best of us. And and you tie? I don't know. It's it's very Pittsburgh. Play down to the level of the competition, but then as soon as a good team comes into town, play up, play up, and then disguise yourself to make you seem a little better than you really are. I don't know. That's kind of the vibe I got from that game just as soon as I watched it, first take. 
I was like, I can't believe this. You look like horrible the week before, just absolutely abysmal. And then you come out here and look like that and make me actually have hope. It's like when you golf and play 18 holes, the first 16 are horrendous. And then the last two, you kind of like, you'll par 17 and then maybe hit a birdie on 18. You're like, I'm coming back next week. Yeah, and you just got a couple shots, a couple holes that keep you coming back. That's that's the Steelers. Yeah. Yep. You're right. They have like one or two, you know, games a year where you're like, oh my God, they could compete for, they could win multiple playoff games right now if they played like that. Yeah. yeah. And then the rest of the time, they don't. Um, all right, let's get into some news here. Kind of up you, update you guys on, you know, all the college football, you know, the coaching carousel still going on. They released the college football playoffs. So, um, oh, and all the uh, conference uh, championships, right? So, Utah wins the Pac-12 championship. Um, they beat Oregon, I think it was like 35 to or 38 to 10. Yeah, it was, it was a trouncing. Uh, like I said, Baylor wins the Big 12 championship. Alabama upsets Georgia, although it's Bama, so I don't know if it's that big of an upset. But uh, they beat Georgia to win the SEC championship. And Michigan wins the Big Ten championship. And your hometown, Pitt Panthers, beat the Wake Forest Demon Deacons to secure an ACC championship game. We are talking about this. Look. Dabo Sweeney's still in his prime. Clemson had 10 wins this year. Nobody talks about it because it's a down year for Clemson. Clemson had 10 wins this season. Pitt beats them and wins the ACC. That's huge for the Panthers. Things are looking up for Narduzzi in the uh, in the Pitt squad. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. All right, how about uh, the college football playoff? After all that, obviously, releases their final rankings and who will be going to the college football playoff. So we have Alabama in the number one spot, playing Cincinnati, who will be in the four. And Michigan in the number two seed with Georgia in the three. Those will be the semifinal games. Again, we have Alabama versus Cincinnati and Michigan versus Georgia. Um, we'll get into our predictions for that, obviously, closer. Those are both New Year's New Year's Eve and New Year's Day games, right? Yeah, so we'll get those, you know, back half of December. Right, yeah. So, yeah, we'll do that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, all right, so this could possibly impact college football. So we have offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, Joe Brady, has been fired. This was about four days ago now. I thought he was doing okay given the circumstances. He's got a lot of talent, and not none of it's at quarterback. And he's still been able to, you know, have a pretty productive offense. Uh, but it has looked rough as of late. And he's probably going to take a job somewhere in college because um, I think he could. He was a genius with that LSU team when they had the best uh, statistical offense in maybe the last 20 years, if not ever, in college football. So he'll get a job somewhere, but that could impact college football for sure. How about Oklahoma? Goes and hires Brent Venables. I think I might have said it on air. If not, I knew this was going to happen. He's an alum of Oklahoma. He's probably been waiting to go back there forever. He's been a top-end defensive coordinator for Clemson for the past, like, 10 years. He's been in half the national championships over the last 15 years. He's got experience. He'll be able to recruit defense. So Oklahoma, who is already going to still keep a lot of offensive talent, and still, look, a lot of them are going to go follow Lincoln Riley, but they're still going to have a lot of offensive talent. Oh, yeah. He'll be able to build the defensive side. They're going to be a pretty well-rounded football team. I, I, I don't think they're losing a whole lot here. I think they're okay. Yep. How about uh, the University of Miami? Another big coastal brand like USC goes out and hires Mario Cristobal away from Oregon. Pretty pretty good technical coach. Ready knows his X's and O's. Big motivator in the room as well. Big personality from Miami, so he goes home as well. It's a pretty good hire, although I don't, I don't love his coaching. He has underperformed his recruiting, right? He's been a top five recruiter over the last, uh, you know, five years. And he hasn't actually played up to that standard. Obviously, they haven't been in the top five all that much. So, something to keep your eye on there. And 
pretty much one of the last things I want to talk about here is the Heisman Trophy finalists uh, have been announced. Who's going to New York? Kenny Pickett, quarterback for Pittsburgh. Love to see it. Hometown guy. Um, Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama, will go. C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio State. And finally, Aiden Hutchinson, the defensive end from Michigan. One of the only, I think there's been a handful of defensive guys to ever really go, especially over the last, like, 20 years. Um, People are saying, like, where's Kenneth Walker? Look, over the last 20 years, only, I think, like, nine running backs have been even elected to go as a finalist. And he has worse statistic, worse stats than any of them, except for like one. So like we could sit here and argue about Kenneth Walker all day, but he did not meet the criteria that a running back needs to meet to get to to get to New York as a Heisman finalist. The only person that he didn't that he actually like out rushed, right? Rushing stats that he outrushed was Christian McCaffrey that one year that he went. But McCaffrey had so much more in the receiving game that I would argue that if Kenneth Walker went, he would have been the worst of the running back candidates in the last 20 years. So I don't have a problem with it. He didn't play well enough for running back, quite simply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it for the news. Um, let's get into a break. When we get back, I'm going to rant. Um, and I know I said I wouldn't talk about Baker, but this is mostly not about Baker. I just use him as an example, okay? It's okay. I'm, I'm not even ripping on him. It's just talking facts about Baker Mayfield yep. um, to compare to another guy. So uh, don't go anywhere. Hey, guys. What's going on? It's the guys over here at The Issue. Excited to announce a new supplement opportunity for you guys through Phoenix Fitness, spelled F-N-X, capital F-N and X. Use code TJ2021 when you click the link in our link tree or go to FNX.com. TJ2021, it'll get you 15% off store-wide. Go out and get yourself an AM protein blend. Just drank mine, Orange Dreamsicle, my personal favorite flavor. And then at nighttime, you can recover with their wide variety of BCA amino acid recovery formulas as well with creatine, glutamine, um, nighttime protein blend, it's a PM blend, spice and melatonin in there, put you right to sleep. Go check it out, Phoenix Fitness. All right, we are back, second segment, The Issue, Thursday. What is it, December 9th already? 21 flew, like 2021 flew by. I will be my next age in half a year. As it feels of like I just, I don't feel like I just blinked and 2021 was over. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're winding down the last, you know what, how many days are in December? 31? Something like that. Whatever. We're, we're yeah, down to like, we're down to like days. 20-ish days left yeah. in, in 2021. I know. It flew. That's nuts. That's bananas to me. Time hasn't stopped since 2016. Dude, it's like they've kicked it into two times speed. I know. Why does Summer 2K16 feel like it was just, you know, two 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 days ago, right? Um, I can remember like it was yesterday. Simpler um, times. Yeah, uh, weather update. 36 degrees um, here in western Pennsylvania, depending on where you're at, but somewhere around there, right? Um, kind of overcast today, but it, it's not super windy, so, you know, take that as a dub. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know, my f- least favorite weather phenomena is... Wind, like I, I absolutely hate wind. I, I think it, it was ruins. Rain. No, I don't like rain, but no, it rains a close second. You have a lot of you have a lot of dislikes about the weather here. No, it's just it's basically just wind and rain. <laughs> I don't even mind snow. I'd rather snow than rain. Yeah. But wind is number one because 
even if it's raining, but it's not windy, it's it's fine. Like, that's okay. Like, I, I can live with that. If it's windy, like, you just don't even want to go near outside. Like, it's just, ugh. Like, you saw that Patriots game, right? The Cardinals and uh, the Cardinals and Bears played in a monsoon. And that game was 33-22, and it was really entertaining. Yeah. Buffalo, it was so windy, that game was so boring. New England threw the ball three times. Right, so wind is is worse than rain, like significantly worse. Yeah. So it's not too windy today. Decent day, I guess, for December 9th. This is probably as good as you're gonna get. Yeah. All right, I want to talk about something. Steelers need a quarterback. Like, by by next year they need a quarterback. Well, I you know, I'd be down to get one now, but obviously they're gonna let Ben play it out. That's fine. Whatever. Get a, get a better draft pick. I don't care. Even if he you know even if you win eight games of them, cool. Whatever. Doesn't matter to me. But by the offseason, like, you're, you're in the quarterback market, right? Well, it's interesting because you're looking at the draft order ahead of us, right? So it's like, goes Detroit, who I don't know if they'll take QB1, but they're in the quarterback market, so I could see them doing it, right? They're not, like, it's not out of the realm to say that they'll take one, number one, because I think if they found a guy they really, really liked, they would take him, right? I, I think Jared Goff, if they got stuck with Goff, they'd be like, ah, okay, though, right? But I think you could argue that they're in the quarterback market, and it wouldn't shock you if they took one. Houston, somewhere in that in that range, they could take one, because I think they've pretty much they're pretty much done with Deshaun, right? And who knows when he's even going to be coming back? They could take one. I could see it happening. The Giants have two picks. I think it's five and six or six and seven. They'll they'll probably take one. Who else is in that in that top top little bit there? Um, Denver is in the top ten. They could take one. Um, Washington is is drafting before Pittsburgh. They could take one. Right. So there's a lot of teams before Pittsburgh who right now they're looking at Detroit, Houston, the Jets. The Jets won't the, take one. The Giants, the Falcons. Giants could. The Falcons could. Although I don't think they will because Matt Ryan is a big cap hit. But continue. Uh, let's see. They're the Falcons are projected to take quarterback Matt Corral from Ole Miss. They could. They could. Like I said, really, really big cap hit, though, if you move on from Matt Ryan. So unless you're planning on drafting, you got to sit him for a year. How about Carolina at number nine? Carolina could. I think they're in the quarterback market. I think we can now say Sam Donald's not the guy. Maybe Neither is Cam. Minnesota at 10. No. The New Orleans. They 11. could. They need one, right? So even if you go with Jameis another year, it wouldn't hurt to get a guy to have under Sean Payton's wing for a year. That, that could only help, right? So I don't think it would be a terrible idea. Continue. Eagles with back-to-back picks. No, I don't think the Eagles will. I think they're going to give Hurts another go. Uh, then the Broncos. Broncos need a quarterback. Um, yes, they do. They are projected to take a defensive end, but I think it's either that They'll or take a quarterback. quarterback. They need somebody. They need a quarterback. Overlock. And after passing on Justin Fields, I think it's going to come back to bite them, and they'll be like, oh, maybe we should have taken a quarterback. Yeah. Continue. Uh, the Raiders. No. Uh, the Browns. Mm. It'd be crazy, but no. And that's all it's given me. Okay. That's so the Steelers are somewhere around like 15, 16. That's the top 16. That's okay, the Steelers are around like 17, 18 right now. Most of the good quarterbacks are going to be gone. So hear me out. I'm going to – actually, let's start, let's start here. Let's start here. I'm going to give you two quarterbacks. I'm not going to tell you their names. I'm going to give you the stats. I'm going to like give you the, a nice resume for them, right? Okay, quarterback one. Complete 61.9% of his throws. Okay, uh, 82, or no, I'm sorry, 89.2 passer rating, average, uh, 237 yards a game, about a touchdown and a half per game, almost a whole pick, 0.9 picks a game, and 20 completions per game. So that, that's QB1. 
Let's flip over to QB2. 63 point, I can't even read what the point says. 63.5% completion percentage. 94.4 pass rating. 231 yards a game, so six less, whatever. 1.6 touchdowns per game. Significantly less interceptions, about a half of an interception a game, 0.4. And 21 completions per game. Now I'm going to tell you, one of these quarterbacks has hundreds of thousands of people on his side arguing that he should get 30-plus million per year to be a franchise quarterback. One of them is a backup quarterback to a guy who can't throw. Which one's which? I'll save you the time right now. Quarterback one is in line to maybe get signed to be a franchise quarterback. There are some serious rumblings of him getting signed, which I, I think that's absolutely ludicrous, to a $30-plus million per year deal to become a franchise quarterback. That would, be, that would be Baker Mayfield. Quarterback two has been cast away as a backup quarterback because he had a really talented guy come in in the draft ahead of him. Cast away as a backup quarterback behind a guy who is has been replaced three different times in college and didn't really start his NFL career all that good, although he's productive on the ground. He can't really throw. Quarterback two is backing him up. That would be Gardner Minshew backing up Jalen Hurts. Well, so Gardner completes more throws per game and overall, like, you know, percentage-wise, is, is a more efficient quarterback. Has a QBR that's five-and-a-half ticks higher, almost five-and-a-half ticks higher. Completes, he has six less yards a game. Has about the same amount of touchdowns, but throws about half the amount of picks. It's Gardner Minshew. And no, one, no one's like, you know what, let's let's give Gardner $30 million a year. And I don't think Gardner should get $30 million a year. Neither should Baker. But that the rant's not about Baker. The rant's about the fact that people want to cast away Gardner Minshew. I think Gardner Minshew would be terrific for the Steelers. I think he would be awesome in black and gold. What, it, what, are, what do you think of when you think Gardner Minshew moves around? Like, kind of shifty for his size. You don't expect him... Um, you know, he's about six foot, six one if he's in, you know, wearing a double pair of socks in the in the cold, right? <laughs> Maybe six one in spikes, you know, two hundred, not not incredibly athletic, but is sneaky quick, moves around, makes plays inside and out of the pocket, can get you in and out of trouble, right? Doesn't have to be perfect for him. He's a little bit of a gamer, right? I'm not saying he's Brett Favre, but he's got that, you know, little bit of a play breaks down, I can still make something happen to him, which is good because Pittsburgh's offensive line is not good. And he's been cast away as a, as a backup court. I, th- I think he'd be terrific. Also, what else do you think about Gardner Minshew? We think of, like, hardworking, right? Kind of working his way up. Had to transfer in college. Goes to Mike Leach, who's kind of a hard-nosed, you know, quiet guy up in the Pacific Northwest. Just got to work his way up. Works his way into the starting role for the Jags. And you can tell he is loving the game of football. Has a definite passion for it. He's a family man. Did you see him with his dad after the game when he won? Yeah. He's a family man. Does it not sound like I'm describing Pittsburgh as well? It sounds like I'm describing Gardner and Pittsburgh. He could he could be a phenomenal... I'm not saying he's your guy franchise-wise. But if you sign him for a two-year, $20 million deal, who's losing, right? Gardner's making significantly more money than he is as a backup. You're not paying your... And the grand scheme of things, if you're paying your quarterback... If your quarterback is a $10 million cap hit in a year... You are sitting pretty. That's that's a good look. And if it doesn't work out, you're only paying him $10 a year. The dead cap hit can't be that much. Cut him then. 
What are you losing? You know what I mean? And I'm sure that he's not necessarily fetching a, a you know, a big bargain over there in, uh, in, in Philadelphia as a backup, right? He'd just have to move his family right across the state. Is this not, like, perfect? Like, this, this sounds it, perfect. It, it kind of works out, yeah. And he's a bridge guy because this, isn't a, this is not a top quarterback draft. You know what it is, though? Next year or the year after, right? You're looking at, like, a Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, maybe even next year with a Phil Dracovic if he comes back solid, right? He got hurt at the end of last year or at the end of this year, and uh, I think it's kind of affecting his play a little bit right now. But once he gets healthy, he I think he's going to prove he's the top five quarterback, right? Oh, yeah. So he'll be coming out this this coming year, right? Or, like, no, like next year, right? And even the year after that, you'll look at C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, I think Michigan's Cade McNamara, although he's he's young and still developing, I think he's going to be a stud. You got a lot of guys. You think Lincoln Riley's not going to pump somebody out of USC here within the next year or two? I mean, he's a quarterback absolute master. Spencer Rattler's a really talented guy as well. He'll probably figure it out, right? Yeah. Sam Howell coming out this year, I don't think is going to be that good. So someone's going to draft a quarterback, and then he's going to bust. So you're going to be looking at a lot of really, really good quarterbacks. How about Caleb Williams, that guy from Oklahoma who replaced Spencer Rattler? Right. So this is not the quarterback draft, but looking ahead. And if you don't think general managers look ahead, you're out of your mind because they do. Look ahead to that Caleb Williams, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. That is a loaded quarterback class. Even if look ahead to next year, you got Phil Dracovic, who I think is going to be a stud. So, yeah, don't go waste a pick on a guy who you really aren't sure of this year because this is not a good quarterback class. And how about we go with a bridge quarterback until we get to that elite quarterback class with Bryce Young, DJ Stroud, et cetera, et cetera. That makes too much sense to me. Like, that makes too much sense to me. Yeah. You don't have to pay him anything. He has to move right across the state. He can move around, so he kind of... Like, what's the issue right now with Ben? He doesn't move around, and our offensive line's not good enough to just build a wall for him. Although I don't think his arm is all it used to be, I think it's still good enough to make the throws. The issue is he can't deal with pressure in his lap because he can't move. Gardner can move. Gardner can make plays. I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy. And I don't I don't think he would be a bad fit and I think he'd win some games. I don't think he'd be any worse than what you have now. I'll tell you that right now. No, yeah, and I would not be opposed to going to him as a bridge quarterback for a couple of years. I think like you said it kind of fits. And honestly his numbers, he has what is it? He's better in completions than Baker. He's got more completions per game. Yep. He throws less picks a game. He throws more touchdowns per game technically by like a tenth of a touchdown, but still. Mhm. Uh, he's got six less yards per game. Six. Six. Um, he's got a five-point higher QBR. And he completes about a percent and a half more of his throws. He would definitely be a guy I would, I would consider for at least a bridge while we figure out something for a longer-term future plan. He, I mean, I would not shy away from a Minshew in Pittsburgh. I mean, I think... Like you said, it's better than what we have. It's better than the alternative. It's best, uh, also, better than Mason Rudolph, who looks like a robot in the pocket. Yep. I mean, he can't move. He drops back. He's just he like stands that. there, and he goes to one target, and he's he, he can't look anybody off. Yep. He does a you. horrible job with reading defenses. He does a horrible job with managing snaps. I've never seen a, a quarterback fumble with more, the snap like more. for more snaps. It's insane. Um, I, I think it's it would be better than any of the alternatives that we have right now. I, I, I mean, I, I would think still Haskins works hard, I, but I would still like to see Haskins. He was supposed to start in the Detroit game. He was on his phone during a team meeting, so I think you could pretty much you could pretty much kiss that goodbye. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, I would have liked to see him, but uh, he's not proving that he deserves that. Yeah, it, it's better than what we have. Uh, I would not. I will also point turn out down Minshew. 
you see his better stats, right? Well, who's Gardner Minshew been playing for? The lowly Jacksonville Jaguars. Who's Baker Mayfield throwing to? Some of the best best weapons in football. How about that? Austin Hooper, David Njoku. Peoples-Jones. Oh, yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's a really, really good wide receiver. You have the two, the the best backfield duo, I would argue trio, with Ernest Johnson. Who's their great offensive line. Great offensive line. You could stand back there behind a an absolute wall. And then you have a pass rush and a defense to lock it down on uh, yeah, the secondary. Yeah, and how about not to mention you had the coach of the year last year, right? So um, Gar- uh, Gardner's doing this with, well, was doing this with Jacksonville because he's been backing up, and then goes out with Philadelphia, who we can all agree is not a very talented team, mm-hmm. and lights it up there. And Baker's doing that, that with OBJ, well, not OBJ anymore, but Jarvis Landry and the best tight ends and the best backfield, best offensive line. Gardner Minshew can play. He yeah. can play. I don't know. I, I I think it's interesting. I don't think it's out of out of the realm to say that Gardner Minshew is at least worth a look. You're going to have a lot of cap space this year, too. So you can go out, draft an offensive lineman, maybe sign a savvy veteran slot receiver or something like that, go get a corner. Mm-hmm. You're going to have cap space because Ben's gone. You're going to have a good amount of cap space. Yeah. Something interesting to keep your eye on. Um, I think the Steelers also have... One of the we have like the most amount of cap space going into this offseason, don't we? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know so, if that changed since we signed T.J. Watt, but I mean, we should still have a pretty good amount. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, they'll have some money to spend, and uh, definitely quarterback needs to be priority, like number number one. one number go out and one. Get, like you go out and you grab a quarterback right now because none of the other picks you can go out and be like, oh, it's not our number one priority. It's number number four. Well, priority number one, two, and three don't matter if you don't have the guy, right? So you, we can go out and draft the best offensive lineman and go get, go pay for the best corner. If you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you have to have the quarterback. So that's got to be priority number one. I'm with it. Yeah. Um, Let's go over uh, last week's games real quick. Um, just, you know, the, game, the games that kind of stood out to us. Um, we already went over, uh, you know, the Thursday night game. Honestly, there wasn't a whole lot of games that stood out. I guess we'll start with Detroit gets a win over Minnesota. They get their first win. Improved to one ten and one. Yep. They went twenty nine to twenty seven on the last play of the game. Jared Goff throws a strike to a, I think it's a Moan St. Brown, uh, a rookie. I want to say out of uh, oh god, this USC. You want to fact check me on that? His name is. Give me the name here. Okay, but anyway, um, while you look at that, I will. Uh... Actually, it's probably right there in his bio. Hold up. It is USC. All right, thanks. Um, but anyway, throws a strike to rookie Amon Ross St. Brown out of USC. That's where I was going with that. Uh, they went on the last play of the game. You see him go hug Dan Campbell. It was a good moment for good moment. thing is, like, I almost predicted it because Minnesota's been so hit or miss. I almost predicted Detroit. But just something in me told me I couldn't do it. Came back to bite me a little bit there. But anyway, good for Detroit to get their first win. I think, you know, good for them. It was good. It was, uh, you know, I mean... You don't like to see a team go 0 and 17. Or 0 16 and 1 in their case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm about with that. you. Yeah. You, seeing a team go winless is it's kind of funny, but it's not like fun. I'd rather see good football. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, it, was, it was kind of funny how they reacted to like one win. Like, oh, yeah. It was a like, Super Bowl for them. Like, come on now. Like, act like you've been there before. Yeah. But. Um, all right. Miami goes out there and beats the, uh, the Giants. I thought this was big because uh, we've been pretty wrong about Tua. Um, at least this year. 
He's been playing really well. Now, I don't think he's explosive. That's always been my argument. He's been playing good football, right? The 30 for 41, 244, two touchdowns, no picks, 104 QBR. My issue hasn't been those stat lines, right? My issue is look at the season. 1,900 yards, 12 touchdowns, 6 picks. It's just so pedestrian. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I do still think I'm a little bit wrong with Tua because I think he's better than I gave him credit for. And kind of, so I've, I've gone both sides of Tua. I thought he was way better than Joe Burrow coming out. And then right before the draft and kind of like during the draft, I'm like, wait a minute. I think Burrow's better, and I, I'm not that high on Tua. I don't think Tua's good. And now I'm kind of coming back around a little bit to the liking Tua, although I don't think he's better than Burrow by any stretch. Yeah, I think Burrow cemented yeah, himself no, a little bit. absolutely. But I do think Tua is kind of rising in my in my eyes a little bit. But like I said, those are just completely pedestrian numbers. Yeah. 12 touchdowns, 6 picks on a year. I, just, I need more. I need more from him. I think it's about time for we're, let's take the take the training wheels off. Like, what are we doing? Will Fuller, Will Fuller, Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki, um, the guy out the backfield, Miles Gaskin's a good back. Take the training wheels off. Like, yeah, let's but, go. Well, let's push the ball on the field. Let's actually ask something of Tua. Yeah, and I think they should at this point in his career. I mean, he's been around long enough to you know know what he has to do with his team and and be able to get him to win. Yeah, I agree. But it seems like they have the training wheels on. It, it, and you wonder when they're going to take him off because he's been through some time now, too. He's yeah. been in the close games. He's been in shootouts. He's been... Let him play. Yeah, let him play. Let him go. I, I have noticed that, you know, we bang on him for not having the thing that sets him apart. And, and that's a big issue. But I think now we're starting to see that his accuracy is kind of really pinpoint. Yeah. No, um, like we, 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 we were saying, like, everyone's accurate. He's, like, extra accurate. Yeah. Yeah. No, like... But he is. No, like he is. Yeah. Um, he's like Drew Brees level accurate. Yeah, like that was the comp lefty Drew Brees out of high, or out of college. That's. I mean, he is a pinpoint passer. He's able to fit the ball into windows where there aren't even windows. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really impressive if he can keep that up. And let's see if he can keep it consistent. We've seen a lot of quarterbacks kind of sprout up for a little bit, right? And even if it's just for a few games here and there, can you keep it going? Yeah. Can the, Can you make this your the way that you play every single game, or are you just going to be really streaky? Yeah. Um, all right, next game. Philadelphia beats uh, the Jets. We kind of went over this a little bit with Minshew, but he goes out and plays really well. 20 of 25, 242 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 134 QBR. Um, it was adding a little bit on the ground, four yards for uh, four carries for 11 yards, nothing crazy, but he was showing the shiftiness a little bit. If you actually watched the game, he was moving around making plays. Incredibly accurate, too. And uh, the Jets actually played a decent game on defense. Like, I, I, like the guys weren't wide open. Like, he was making good throws. Like, he was making good, solid NFL big boy throws. Um, so, good for Gardner Minshew. Let's go. Washington beats the Vegas Raiders in the last second field goal. I had the prediction for the Raiders, right? I'm feeling really good about it. And, of course, Taylor Heineke, which I should have known because I like Taylor Heineke a lot. Goes down, driving down the field, they kick a field goal to win as time expires. They win 17-15. Heineke looked okay. QBR of 102. Carr, just kind of a measly performance. Had no touchdowns. Uh, a 91 QBR. Um, those are those are a game between two pretty mediocre teams. I think that's what I took away from it. Yeah, I'll... Uh, I don't know. I, I liked my pick. I'm, I'm glad Washington was able to pull that out. But, I mean... It's my one win of the week. Yeah, in the split. I mean, we only had two splits or three splits. Yeah, three splits. I two got, on um, Sunday. We went one on one on Sunday, and then you beat me on Monday night. Yeah, so I had LA beating Cincinnati, which they did. Herbert looked really, really good. 
Um, I guess that's, that's a good transition. We'll go to that game. Herbert looked really good. 118 QBR, three touchdowns, one pick, 317 yards. That's kind of what you're looking for from a guy like that. Yeah. Burrow also played well. I think the turnovers were bad for him, though. Um, that defense was kind of in his face all day. Yeah, and, and, uh, and not to mention the fact yeah. that he was playing with, like, a broken pinky for, like, yeah. three quarters. Yeah, that was rough for him. I felt bad. Um, they were competitive, though. They were competitive for five minutes. Um, for five minutes, because it was 24 to three at one point, and then they made it 24 22, and then quickly within the next like two drives, it was like LA goes so it goes 24 22, and then LA scores, and then three and out, and then they score again, or, yeah. or interception or three and out, one of the two. They get the ball back quick, score again. So it was competitive for like a possession or two. I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, like as we said, San Fran loses to Seattle. We touched on that earlier. 30 to 23. Thought they had a chance to win it there at the end. Didn't capitalize. I mean, Seattle's desperate. It's kind of a game that they had to win. Kind of expected them to win a little bit. Um, all right, how about KC on Sunday Night Football? Beats the Broncos. Another just absolutely measly performance from the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, no touchdowns and a pick. 57 QBR. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I will say, even on his down year, though, 24, 25 touchdowns, 12 picks. I mean, that's still that's still pretty good for a down year. Right? It is, yeah. Considering his Super Bowl year when he won it, he only had 26 total or he had 26 touchdowns in the whole year. Um, you know, him having 25 touchdowns so far in a down year. You know, he, he's he's still a really good quarterback. Just going through a little bit of a slump right now, but they found a way to win. They get a pick six of Teddy Bridgewater late to kind of pull away. And finally. That game, uh, it was almost like watching history a little bit. That was one of those games where you'll remember that. Like, did you watch that Monday night game? Yeah, that was one of those that I'll remember for pretty much ever. With that wind, yeah, I and saw just... there were there were kickers trying to like attempt like a 35, 40 yarder in warmups. The ball was coming right back to him like a boomerang. It, it, it didn't was even so funny. It was barely even getting to the goal line. It was one of those days. Um, now, the, actually, field goals in the game weren't that bad. I think they only missed like one. Yeah, um, the but Bills they didn't missed, really. The Bills missed one. Yeah, yeah, uh, they didn't really try a whole lot. Like most teams were going for two. Like actually, there was only one touchdown. New England went for two, so... Or did Buffalo score? Yeah, no, Buffalo... Buffalo uh, scored in the beginning and then kicked a f- uh, the extra point. Right, yeah, because they were, they were going with the wind. Yeah. Like, the wind was at their back, so... so Josh Allen was throwing early, and then yeah. they got down there, and they scored, and they kicked into the wind for the... I thought what was big was when New England was able to, while going into the wind, break off that big run. Because you had a feeling, like, if you're going into the wind, you're going to have the advantage for 15 minutes. Right, you know, it was going well, no, back you, and forth. If you're going with the wind, you have the advantage. If you're going into yeah, yeah, the right, wind, right, you right, right, you have a disadvantage, right? So you kind of had a feeling that it was going to flip-flop who had the advantage by quarter, and New England being able to get up on top while still having the disadvantage in the first quarter, I thought was big, even though they didn't end up throwing it anyway, but still. Right, but then also you look at the turnovers when they're able to flip the field, when they're going into the wind, but then the defense makes a big play, and suddenly, bang, you get that ball back, and you're going with it. And you got Mother Nature on your side, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, uh... The turnovers were, were, were... They each had one apiece. I don't think it was a huge factor, but the win, that was just crazy. Because even think about it from the defensive perspective. Even if they run the football, now you're forcing your linebackers and your safeties and guys that... It's already tiring for them to run up and make plays and run up and make tackles. Now they have to run through the wind, like resistance and running, and then like get there and make the tackle. 30 miles an hour. It wasn't like... I know people like, oh, just running into the wind. They're athletes. I get that. That wind was howling. It'll blow you around. And it said uh, on, what is it, NBC? No, 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 it's ESPN. Yeah, ESPN. From Monday night. Um, it said on there, the wind gusts were 50 to 55 miles an hour. That's insane. Gusts That's up to insane. 55. So you try it. When's the last time that anybody who's going to you know talk crap 
ran into 55 mile an hour wind gusts and tried to tackle a full grown uh, professional athlete yeah, right. that's running down their throat. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I'm with it. So they win 14 10. Um, that was pretty much all the major games. Just to update you guys on the scores of the rest of them LA beats Jacksonville 37 to 7. Indianapolis beats Houston 31 to nothing. Arizona beats Chicago 33-22. Tampa wins 30-17. And if you remember from that Thursday night game, the Cowboys beat the Saints 27-20. And that is our week, what, 13 recap. Um, All right, let's get into our predictions for week 14. Thursday night football, Steelers, Vikings in Minnesota. Dalvin Cook returns. Kirk Cousins is playing big boy football. Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the league the last two years. Pittsburgh's coming off a big win. Who do you like? I like Minnesota. Yeah? Yeah, I like Minnesota. They I really are favored wanted, by three and a half, by the way. Continue. I really wanted to say Pittsburgh, and I really wanted to take uh, take the Steelers, and I was looking for a reason for the last, I don't know, 30 minutes. Um, I just can't find any. Uh, they just played a really physical football game, like, on, and now they're on short rest. And I thought back to, you know, when we did our – predictions preseason for the divisions what did we list this game as because we a go loss, probably yeah because we go through and we go game by game and we take it, in all factor we go short week short weeks and and i knew that if we, would have, if we would have said short week after a really physical divisional matchup with the with the baltimore ravens on prime time sunday night football or i mean yeah sunday night football we were going to have to take this as a loss for the Steelers. I, I'm going to have to stick with our predictions. They've been pretty right this year. I'm going to go Vikings win. I don't. We'll, we'll do a score after, but go ahead. What's yours? I'm going to go Vikings as well. I think getting Dalvin Cook back is going to be pretty big. But like, like you said, just such a physical game in that in that four o'clock window for the Steelers last week. You got to turn around. Not, and also, the Vikings just lost to the at that point winless Lions. So, and Mike Zimmer is a motivating type coach. Like he's not. Might not be the best exit and as he law a lot like Tomlin will get you motivated. He's gonna light a fire under them. They just lost a tough, tough game that you shouldn't have lost. Yeah. They're gonna come out firing on all cylinders. You know the crowd is gonna be into it. They wanna wash that loss off, get a nice primetime win. Although it does scare me, Kirk Cousins on primetime is pretty bad. But I think he's gonna, you know, throw a win in the column for the for the primetime games, which he does not do often. Um, he's just gonna probably look for Justin Jefferson. I don't know if Joe Hayden's gonna be back. If he's not even if he is, I still like Justin Jefferson to win that matchup. I'm going to go with the Vikings. I will go. It's going to be pretty low scoring. I'm going to go 23-22. I think it's going to be really, really close. I'm going to go 23-22 Minnesota. I'm locking that in. 23-22 Minnesota. I like 31-29 Minnesota. Ooh, higher scoring. You think we actually put up 29? Yeah, but I think there's going to be a defensive touchdown in there, a couple turnovers. So... I don't think they all get scored by the offense here. I don't think, and I also think you know Deontay Johnson's kind of on a, he's kind of catching his strider. Thirty-one twenty-nine. Thirty-one twenty-nine Vikes. All right. Well, guys, <laughs> thanks for stopping by. There's a lot of options. Trust me, we we're just watching a bunch of YouTube, bunch of sports videos. There's there's plenty of options out there for you guys to listen to. So we appreciate you jumping on to listen to us here on a Thursday, so uh, make sure you get your make sure you listen before uh before the Steeler game tonight. Sit down, get get a nice cold beverage, maybe maybe make some burgers or something for the game. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. It's a good Thursday in Western Pennsylvania. 
Again, check out our socials, what, the the underscore issue podcast on Instagram and just the issue podcast on Twitter. Um, we, we kind of usually update when uh, episodes come out on Twitter. That way you know. Easy way to find us. Um, so go check that out, guys. Thank you so much. Come back Saturday, and that was the issue.